On the 100th episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Neil Breen's Twisted Pair. Joining us will be Jim Dietz of the HHWLOD Podcast Network. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. I'm here with all my abilities to defeat evil. I still think of my brother Kale all the time, wondering what's happened to him. I miss him. You're a traitor! You're a traitor! You betrayed us! You betrayed us! You betrayed me! These are yours, bitch. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 100. This is Brandon, and with me for the 100th time is your co-hoster, Cullen. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for our discussion of Getty Images, the movie. (laughs) Today we are here to discuss the 2018 film Twisted Pair, a film written, directed, catered, and starring... Neil Breen, co-starring Sarah Merritt, Saiban Chevy Abrahami, Dennis Bellini, and Greg Smith Burns as Cruz. So welcome to this 100th episode of Call of Cavalcade, and it could have been the most perfect timing that Neil Breen's Twisted Pair has arrived on DVD. It was, like it, it was like his apology for not uh, having us in his movie. Yeah. It couldn't have been written any more perfect than this. So this episode, however, longtime listeners, fans, (laughs) is going to be dedicated to that film. Those may be looking for something special with a 100th episode uh, reflection, patting each other on the back, milestone-centric episode. We'll have something to look forward to. But for you brain hards or the randos stumbling upon our show for this episode, uh, we're not going to bother you with that stuff. And we're going to get to the point. We're going to discuss... Twisted Pair, which also, uh, we're not going to keep this guy waiting in the wings any longer. Joining us once again, our beloved man with the voice Cruz wishes he had from the HHWLOD network. It's once again, Mr. Jim Dietz. Thank you so much for having me here. Or is it my twin brother, Kale, that you have here? (laughs) Jim and Jail. I miss my brother. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to you? I never had a beard. I never had a beard. (laughs) (laughs) I've never... Have you ever seen anyone get get that freaked out over not having a beard? No. Never before and never again will I. Fun story. Jim asked to be on this episode... Jim, when the tra- I think when the trailer dropped for Twisted Pair, you were like, I'd like to be on that. I did. I am a, I'm a fan of Neil Breen, the man who makes Ed Wood and Tommy Wiseau look like Francis Ford Coppola. Yes, yes. Now, did you were you were you a Breen fan before we did him on Cult Cinema Cavalcade? I was. Okay. I was brought. My, his work was brought to my attention by another YouTube show that I'd seen, 
And uh, being an aficionado of truly bad cinema, I, of course, was drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And you may not be the record holder for most guest appearances. You're up there, you're top three, but you get to be on the 100th episode, so awesome. I feel honored and touched. Yeah. Also, I think you get the distinction of being on the most consistently painful movies, so congratulations there. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, I know the, the pain factor. I was on wack. I was on wacko. So yes. yeah, the pain factor is so much higher with your collection of movies. <laughs> he did a he did a full June Don Baker month. That was oh my god. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I it was more than just you guys wacko. watched. Jo- <laughs> you guys watched Joe Don Baker movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just glad I could be there for you guys to help you through the pain. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff. So yeah, Neil Breen had a new movie. Uh, we tried to get in it, if you remember. We had our, our campaign. We also, uh, once again, I tried to get him on for this episode. He's not returning my calls. Well, he's an, he's an auteur, you know. He, he is. He's temperamental. He's an artiste, you know? and yeah. maybe he's hiding from doing illegal sh- shooting at a college. Yeah. Who knows? Well, shooting as in film. As in film. <laughs> Right. Filming no, no, he, he, if you look in the credits, he, he credits Nevada State University uh, and says that they were paid for use for locations. For so rentals, yeah. What, what, yeah, what wasn't chroma keyed in, from Getty Images, as Cullen mentioned, was filmed in, in Nevada State. So Just the, the deal was you can't turn any lights on in the building. <laughs> so it looked, right. so it just looks mm-hmm. like he's broken into every building to record, even though he's supposed right. to be there. Here we go, then, on Twisted Pear. Cullen, what's Twisted Pear about? Oh, God. Um, well, uh, this movie isn't so much about, you know, what is... There isn't a plot. There isn't a plot to this movie. There's just a bunch of facts about things for, that happened for a while, and then the movie ends. Jim, What's Twisted yes. Pear about? Well, let's see if I can remember. I, I, I actually watched this movie twice. I was sick in bed uh, the past couple of days, so I had time to really ruminate over this. <laughs> I think I think it's about these twins, both played by uh, Neil Breen, of course, who are abducted by aliens and implanted with AI. But, of course, Neil Breen has very little idea what AI is. So he keeps referring to it through the whole movie. Um, and then one of them, the one uh, twin who is uh, essentially good, goes on secret missions for the shadow government, I think. And then the other one is kind of a homeless guy who has a junky girlfriend. And they do a bunch of stuff at a university when it's closed. Uh, Neil, Breen sta- Neil Breen stalks a woman that attacks her in her home, but it turns out she's her, his girlfriend, so it's okay. Um, and they run afoul... They run afoul of a guy with uh, uh, effects on his voice named Cruz, but it's spelled C-R-O-O-X in the IMDb listing. Oh, I had it in the credits for the movie. It was like C-R-U-Z-Z-X. On a, okay. On the, yeah. Yeah. A way that you no one would ever spell Cruz. Exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Even aliens would look and, at that and like, well, you don't spell it like that. What are you, stupid? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he is fondling a giant bowl of fake diamonds and has a, an Asian woman with wings and a sparkle after effect around her. And his mission, I think, is to take him down before he hires the specials, the ska band from the 80s, <laughs> to, to take over. Because there's that one scene where he's sitting with the guys from the specials. And then, uh, of course, he, he reunites with his brother 
and then as you mentioned other stuff happens and then the movie is over so, so that description uh anywhere in there is, is there a plot jim <laughs> you... I, I never said there was a <laughs> exactly. plot <laughs> exactly exactly i think that description, as incoherent as it was, is way more coherent than anything that happens. Yeah, your, your description is accurate, but it's not a plot. It's just You're trying to normalize no, no, no. this movie. No, oh no, it's more of a series of images that are, are thrown at you, much like you know, like the Ludovico treatment in the Clockwork Orange. It's just a constant bombarding of imagery. Never has the word "moving picture" been more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the description for a film than Twisted it is, Pear. It is, it is a moving picture, yes. Every every scene in this is either uh, chroma keyed in front of stock footage or filmed at Nevada State University right. at night. And, <laughs> and, and, and technically it is a talkie, but it, I mean... <laughs> and it's in color. It's in color. <laughs> Brandon, what what is your plot summation <laughs> Yeah, Twisted Pear? You can put Cullen and I on the spot, and you jump in. There's uh, there there's these two bros. It's about two brothers. It's they, really about they were once the brothers. This is Mexican <laughs> Armada. <laughs> yes, there there is a uh, they were once uh, twins eating cereal and stock footage that became twins uh, on the beach, and then one day some light happened and this like CGI face did stuff to them, and they have like AI in them. And they, they, one was good at doing supernatural special missions. The other did wasn't. So they were like, you can't do this anymore. So he has no powers, but the one does. And so that means they couldn't hang out with each other anymore. The other one becomes like a, a junkie. Uh, and he like kills businessmen who are like a stereotypical plot device of like every Neil Breen movie up to this point. General terms on corruption and stuff like that. The one guy like, he gets a mission to like go undercover with some guy who's got a global plan that has to do with cyberspace attacks, but yet is heavily involved with water and gas supply line factories. The yeah, the brother and they cross paths, but nothing they do really has anything to do with each other. But they miss each other. Neil Breen's uh, the good guy has a girlfriend that he rapes, but it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, whole scene was so creepy. Oh. And uh, so, like, yeah, so the good one, Neil Breen, like, uh, he, like he, he turns on this boss guy and, uh, like, screws up his stuff. And, like, the brother, I don't know, I think he gets away. <laughs> and they're sad. <laughs> no, I, I... That's just as... Just as valid. I, I think we needed this episode just so the three of us can figure out what the movie was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes, I will say, I, I, I pointed out to Cullen, while we had a failed campaign to be in this movie, I do find it a fun coincidence that the twins' names are Calcade. Calcade. <laughs> or Calcade. I'm sorry. The twins' names are Calcade. Pretty, not that far. Not pretty, the, close. pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Obviously, a shout out. Obviously, yep. he's a secret fan. He obviously is. H- hello, he is. Neil. He's just too—he's too bashful to come on. That's really what he'd, he'd fan—he'd fanboy out. You might not love this episode, but we didn't love your movie, so it's—it's <laughs> it's even. 
Okay. But, but, but never... I liked it better than pa- I liked it better than pastor, but that's not saying all that. <laughs> yeah. That's I will, like I saying say I'd rather I'd rather have an appendectomy than, than a tonsillectomy. You know, it's like it's not. You know, I will say this is unlike any Neil Breen movie that's come before, and just like every Neil Breen movie that's come before. <laughs> yes, it is. It, it, <laughs> it feels different, but plays the same. Yes, it's right. Well, let's let's see. Let's see. We got all. Let's go with the Neil Breenisms, okay? He pets a wild animal in Kroniky. <laughs> this is yep. an, and this uh, is an eagle. It's stump. He he's missing it, by the way. Right, right, right. right. He's totally missing. It. <laughs> but, uh, Neil Breen is, of course, in the lead. Mm-hmm. He has no no idea how technology works at all. He's a supernatural like, it's being. Just, yes, a supernatural being with supernatural abilities. Uh, all government and co- corporations are deathly corrupt. Right, and he fights against them. One of my, uh, like I said, lots of chroma key and After Effects. The environment. Uh, what am I? What am I missing? Yeah. Good Neil Breen never uses a gun. Right. And, right. and all- though he though he carries them, he he talks about never needing them, but carries them all the time. He's like, I'm right. I don't need weapons. An incredible, uncomfortable, romantic moments. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Girls who wince before kissing him. <sighs> Visibly. Oh wait, he does use a gun in this. We'll get- yes, he does a whole bunch actually. The, the whole part with him, like, bumping into the girl in front of the homeless guy. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's like I, I was like, is he trying to do a meet cute here or something? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, there's that girl. I think I'll follow her home. And I'm like, what? Is this, is this, I don't know where this is going now. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I, I noticed that. It's funny. Neil Breen can't do normal things convincingly at all right. like he's like walk supposed to be just yeah walking yes. <laughs> good example <laughs> he's got this weird wow. like stunted move I, I i can't i can't even describe like, it can you I it's can't. like an ali- alien trying to replicate human behavior it's what it is <laughs> that, like, that's, that's what, what it is right look like right it's like men in black it's like someone's wearing an edgar suit that's what's going on yeah. that's what yeah. that walk is yeah that's well put. Yeah, exactly. And you think after all this superimposition with chroma key that he's used, <laughs> he'd be able to get at least that part right. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like t- touching something that's in found footage or whatever, mm-hmm. acting like he's interacting with right. it, but he never, never, ever does. No. Like he, he pets the eagle, but he's like off by about half a foot. He's in that, I don't know what that was, like Future of Medicine video or whatever. Yeah. But he's but he's like moving his hand like way out of frame. Yeah, he's or not even touching the thing he's supposed to be moving. And then when he's walking through the purple woods, he's like rising up as he shouldn't be. Like it's Yeah. Yeah, both yeah. of them, yeah. Right. And like I don't even know like So alright, gang. So the purple woods come up a few times. Like at the beginning of the movie, like we see like that that the planet like spinning with all the giddy images like we said right. and the powers and all that shit. And then there's that glowing forest. What is that, gang? What what is that? I have no idea. Is that like the, no the home world of where they got the powers? Because it's at the very end, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it's like this, that's the only time like he, he's there. Like, he talks to his dead girlfriend after she has betrayed him. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, right, by the way. Right. I don't we'll know if you there. can really. How can you spoil this movie? Oh, you though? mean it's, a, it, it, <laughs> it's another movie where the woman betrays Neil Breen? What happened oh, to him? That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to guess this man I, never had a relationship with a woman. And so he just thinks every woman betrayed him, <laughs> and he just, just like I said, he's still he's never had sex before, and you could tell with his movies that he's constantly trying. Are we to, like? And no, the first time he touched a woman was when he started making these movies. This is the only way he yeah, gets any uh-huh. physical contact with another human being. Like you live in the what Las Vegas area, just buy hookers. They're so much cheaper. <laughs> They're making a movie They're... and less time consuming. 
this like the scene with Cruz and the fairy woman in the bikini. Yeah. And they like linger on both of them staring at her. <laughs> I'm like, right. what the hell? And the I'm camera like, yeah, like goes up her legs twice before we ever see her face. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like they should uh, look into the camera and say, "What do you think, guys? Huh? Go, 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 go! Could have been rated R, but I didn't get the extra hundred bucks. Right. <laughs> 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 okay, so let's get let's go down through this thing real quick here and <laughs> go down through it. Yeah, it's an accurate description. So, as I said before, there's Cade, the good guy, tells us of him and his twin brother Kale. My name is Cade. I have an identical twin brother, Kale. We were raised in a normal family, doing all the normal things in life. We were inseparable. And stock footage, as mentioned before, uh, Bright Life, they were both selected, they were separated, and had their cells redone, making them more humanoid and AI. The superior entity gave them missions to defeat evil. Kale wasn't as successful. They took his powers, released him. We see this, you know, this is where we see the woods with uh, two Neil Breens as they walk through the screen. And we, and as Cullen pointed out to me when we watched this, you can tell they're different guys because one has their sleeves rolled up. <laughs> uh, yeah, because otherwise they're wearing the exact same outfits. He didn't have the beard. No, he, no, no, he, no, he no. Not that glad, he had his I'm powers you, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he says he saw Kale one last time and was sad, but still loved him as his flame went out. Cade's powers continued to increase and he was directly involved. He approached a robotic humanoid state with synthetic brain power <laughs> Which, whatever. And he says, AI will never replace the pure majesty of nature. And he never wanted to lose touch with that or the gifts it has given him. And this is where he pets the stump that an eagle flies on. And if if you look in the credits, it says the eagle is played by Astro Eagle. (laughs) That was the name name of the file that he used. Look it up. Astro Eagle. (laughs) Guys, I'm just going to pose this question. Did it look like he was going to... Make out with that hawk. That yeah, we eagle. were like, Cullen and I, we were like, kiss it. But he was going to kiss it. He was so <laughs> close to it. Like his face, he looked He's like. making the tiger jealous. He, yeah. No, he looked longingly into that bird's eyes. He wanted to suck on that bird's face. He had more chemistry with that image of the bird than with any woman in any movie he's ever been in. Because when he had the tiger in the last movie, he was very uncomfortable. I think he's a prehistoric creature that fell through time. And this is the only way he knows how to relate to other people is through making his movies. He's mostly bird. <laughs> Something I couldn't believe is that he didn't use any uh, drone photography in this. <laughs> After so much drone stuff in past through, I thought we'd right. at least get a few shots with the drone. He doesn't want to duplicate himself. I guess right. not. Real artist here. <laughs> Genius. Well, on the street, that is, everything is the only real thing in this scene is Neil Breen. He super leaps into some building and guides some... Well, well, before he does that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off here, but before he says that, somebody walks by and he says, good morning. And it's voiceover. How are you? It's like... Yeah, and it's voice, like his mouth doesn't move, but he's like, good morning. Have a nice day. It's like just some random person from the shot that he's using, and they walk off camera, and as soon as he does, he looks both ways, and then jumps... (laughs) Like yes. five, five stories into a building. Yes. Like, and there are so many times in this movie where it is 
that dialogue of good morning, how are you, where he, I can't tell if he's thinking it or supposed to be saying it. I mean, his lips don't move. It's because he, for, he forgot to pick up the audio when he shot it, so he just decided to put it in later, but it sounds exactly like his voiceover because he doesn't know what he's doing. And there's so much repeated dialogue, too, yeah. I miss my brother. Oh yeah. I miss my brother, and then oh, and then like that's a trait eight, of Neil Breen. Yeah, yeah, and late. Well, I don't like again. I don't want to get ahead of anything, but they, he just keeps using these AI, artificial intelligence, <laughs> programmable virtual reality. You know, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Because the audience, <laughs> the audience isn't as smart, you know. So I he's got to keep putting it in there. They don't have that kind of stuff in Nevada, I guess. I yes. <laughs> Uh, inside the building, he guides some stock footage of soldiers that are sometimes paused through a mission. <laughs> they can't hurt me. Right. Follow me. Follow me. They can't hurt me. Wait. And, and Cullen, Cullen, I think he struck on something as far as like, especially the way he delivers lines. It's just like, it's the way an alien would try to synthesize human speech. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it truly is. Follow me. They can't hurt me. You won't get hurt. Follow me. Wait. Wait, let me go first. I'll protect you. Yeah, he's, he's just mimicking human speech. Like, this is how they sound, right, right. so I'll blend in with them. I'll, I'll superimpose myself with images of them to blend in. All right, so, guys, guys, guys. This is like a military mission on the streets happening in, I guess, the United States? I don't know. What is... I'm going to say this and multiple times uh, during this episode. What is happening? Why? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, who, who are they fighting? How does Evil. He, how, how does... Yeah. How yeah. does he know about this? It looks like a Call, like a call of Duty cosplay. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. Like, you remember, like, um, you remember uh, the... It's always Sony in Philadelphia episode where, like, Frank and Mac are, like, playing, like, like uh, virtual reality. It's, like, that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. Yes. Right. And he's just in Breen clothes, like no nothing, no leather jacket, nothing, just a long sleeve shirt and well, pants. Well, they can't hurt him, so he doesn't need anything right. else. That's right. Follow me. They can't hurt me. <laughs> this building blows up. Uh, explosions just continue to happen. Uh, we see the building just full of destruction. The mission's accomplished, apparently, because they blew up the building. Uh, Cade then boards a plane, sits down, and then some woman from some stock footage video comes in and smiles, and he says, this is the benefit of being alone. I don't need special forces. I am the weapon. Yeah. And again, it looks like he's floating above that chair. Yes. yes. Like- and, and this is one of the more convincing effects of him blending in with the stock footage, right. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're but it's right. just so creepy to see that woman in the background, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Because I'm alone. Well, well, I mean, it look, like, it looks like okay. Is he like, is she a ghost? Like this feels super unnatural. Like what? Like is this his memory? Like oh no, this is happening now. Why is it so ethereal and disturbing? Why is it? It's like, like stock footage from like some like rich person's video catalog of like private jets. Yeah, it's like what it is. Is it slowed down or is it just look? I don't know. It just feels super unnatural. Yeah. I just, just him sitting down, just a person sitting down should not make me feel creepy. It shouldn't happen. No, that, could have been a, that could have been an alternate title for this movie, Super Unnatural. <laughs> the, fifth, the, the fifth one. <laughs> there you go. Cade meets with his boss and takes off his guns and gets his next mission. The woman shows him programmable virtual reality, the, cor- the corrupt <laughs> version, and he sits the, in Yeah, a, the corrupt version. Yeah. Which and is a sits, glowing... Ball that just floats into his hand. Floats. 
decent brain effect. And I had to check because this actress looks very much like the actress from Atlantic Rim. Which was the Asylum uh, Studios version of Pacific Rim. She looks very much like her. But it's a different actress. Oh, damn. I was thrown off. I was thinking, oh, man, maybe she was in both of these things. (laughs) Right. I'd be so happy. Cade sits in a lecture hall and tells us he still thinks of Kale and wonders what happened to him. Then we see some people at a meeting with Cade's boss talk about stuff with programmable matter and mind hacking. The scene. The acting. Oh, my God, this scene. (laughs) This scene was so great. A crisis. Programmable virtual reality. We have evidence of the largest cyber and terror attacks ever planned. Programmable DNA. This is very serious. Homeland Security is ready. We are on the verge of mind hacking. Programmable matter. We will all be connected telepathically. Special agencies are prepared. First, I, I, I had to single the scene out. I watched it like two or three times in a row. First of all, programmable AI. We will all be linked telepathically. <laughs> and the, the one guy pulls out like gas masks and says, Homeland Security is ready. He pulls out like two gas masks. That's like Homeland Security on the is table. gas masks. Right, right. And then they turn to like this big black dude and like just for a double take... Yeah. And then they cut back to the group. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's amazing that he was able to collect so many bad actors. And I don't mean just bad. I mean just the worst actors you could imagine. The animatronics at Disney World are more lifelike than these people. Yeah. yeah. And, all, like, and, and the fact that every one of them came through on this to be yeah. so, like, not one of them showed out showed up as like well they're better than the last or they were just all on a level to get like it's you couldn't even try to get something like this just you would figure just on accident he would find someone that would be okay at acting no all of them the law of averages would state that eventually yeah walking down the street you think he would just like hey do you want to be in a movie come with me that there's a chance that person would be better than all of these people the programmable DNA guy he was, I can't remember, no, 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 the Homeland Security guy was my favorite. Hands down my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. And I also realized through watching this a second time, this guy has those gas masks, you said, Jim. And sitting in front of him, mm-hmm. first of all, why is this Homeland Security guy walking around with gas masks? Why? Why is he doing that? Like, I'm in a meeting. I better bring my gas mask to prove I work in Homeland Security. Great, cool. Those are your credentials right. for some reason. Later in the movie, there are people with gas masks walking around. I think those are Homeland Security. That first time I watched it, I didn't realize realize that yeah exactly i didn't realize it either i thought they were just a bunch of coobers you know walking around with the gas mask for some reason like they're right. with like the secret organization or something like oh no they're homeland security there's no labeling of any kind on them they're wearing all black just with these gas masks so they could be terrorists for all we know but apparently they're homeland security the guardians like of nevada extra, state like, university yeah mm-hmm. they look like extras from a metal gear solid video game you know like the kind of guys you you sneak up on a knockout on your way to the box. Yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah, they look like a. But, but here's another question, though. Why did he only bring a couple of gas masks? Not, There's like six of them in that room, not right? The At table. Least. They'll yeah. have to fight over them. It was having tryouts, like the Joker. <laughs> that would have been no. I, I wish that would have been the one interesting thing that happened in the entire movie. <laughs> Kate, he looks at a case of skulls and then like summons one in his hand. 
for this some reason really or another. Weird in between scene. Outside, this is where he bumps into a woman and tries to help her pick her stuff up and asks her on a date, wanting her to come back around 8 o'clock. Oh, Jesus, shit. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Oh, I okay, apologize. Okay. I got it. No, 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 no. Here, let me get that hey, for you. Hey, shoot. Wait, it's my fault. It's no, my no. fault, really. Give me my I apologize. Just leave me alone. Let me make leave it up to no. you. I'll take you out to dinner. Let's have a let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. Leave me alone. Let's have I a drink. Have a I'll meet you back here at eight o'clock and we'll go out and have a drink. Go. I'll meet you here at eight o'clock. We'll go out for a drink. I'll make it up to you. And then he buddy buddies with a homeless guy who saw the whole thing and then gives him change and he misses the cup. I thought that was hilarious when he tosses <laughs> right. the change in. No, no, no second takes on this. Right. This trench coat guy comes by who's obviously wearing the same way. Obviously Neil wearing, Green. Wearing the same shoes, by the way. I don't know if you guys noticed. He didn't even change shoes in between characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, he just threw a trench coat on. And, and the trench coat guy, like, homeless guy gives him a dirty look. I have a question. We never found out who the trench coat guy was, did we? I think it's supposed to be his twin brother. I think. But, but his uh, twin brother was always seen in, like, a hoodie with it up when he was supposed to be mm -hmm. mysterious. Even in the stock footage scenes where there are multiple of, there's sometimes yeah. just, like, someone, like, you see someone with a hoodie on from the back. I assumed it was his brother for some, you know. Yeah. But we he took it from some, like, rap video footage. <laughs> sure. I think it's totally adorable that you're trying to find continuity in this <laughs> Although, one level deeper, you've both seen Fateful Findings. Totally. There are multiple times in that movie where you just see, like, feet, like, walking, like, down a hallway. It goes oh, yeah. up to a doorway and then it just vanishes. We never really, truly find out who that person is. And then there's also this where we don't see who that person is. I'm just saying, Thorn Cult. Oh, <laughs> Building up to the curse of Neil Breen? I think there's a Breeniverse being built. <laughs> maybe th enough. maybe this is their Nick Fury. <laughs> their version of the Avengers are all different versions of Neil Breen. Oh my from all the different God. movies. Where's the deal like, the dude from Double Down? That's who this ends up being. Bring it all back. Just a bunch of shirtless yeah. guys yelling at each other and loving their country. Cade returns at 8 o'clock, but the girl isn't there. Uh, <laughs> then he tells the homeless guy, hey, she should have been there. And then he spots her coming out of a building and follows her home. He then breaks into her house, sneaks down in the through to the basement-ish place, and then attacks her, trying to force her into into him, and they fight. And then I find it funny because we got, like, Breen is, like, Neil Breen, like, cusses, and it's kind of funny. He's like, I'm going to hurt you now. <laughs> You're mine now. I'll teach you to ignore me. You were supposed to meet me at eight, bitch. You can't fight me. Get over here, bitch. You're mine. You can't resist me now. Get over here. She hits him over the head with a frame, and it breaks. Yeah. And then, then we find out they're like a couple, and it's fine. What's for dinner? Oh, your favorite. Mom called today. Tell mom I said hi. You <laughs> got it. They're only kidding around. Yeah, it's so... Oh, it's so awkward and weird. It's like two children, like, awkwardly fighting. Like, I don't like... I'm fighting you. I don't want to hurt you, but I am fighting you. It's just so awkward and creepy. And, like, to hear Neil Breen swear, it's like listening to, a like, a little child 
like swear. Like you can't be upset. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just like what? <laughs> that doesn't come out of your mouth. That's silly. Stop that. That's you silly. You swear, Neil Breen. You silly man. It was amazing that he made being with a woman even more uncomfortable than he usually does. Oh, yeah. I love the part where she breaks the, the mirror or the picture or whatever it is over him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? And then uh, then they start laughing. Like, ha, 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 ha. I tried to sexually assault you. Ha, 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 It's so funny. What's for dinner? Your mom called. Like, what, what? Whoa, no, no, no. Because, okay. That that picture was like, wait, did they plan like they bought it like, oh, this will be good for our break in role play. Um, <laughs> it, it was sitting on the couch. It, it yeah, it was yeah, on the couch. Yeah. It was an awkwardly, you know, like she had to reach for it like on the ground or, or off a table. No, it was on the couch. It was sitting next to her. Neil Breen was like, this is picture. Humans have these. What do they do with them? Or, or <laughs> alternately, he saw the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Oh, that's probably they, what it where was. Where they fight each other mm-hmm. when he comes home. He was trying to do something like that. I don't know. I think, it's yeah. a, I think it was a combination was... of both. Neil Breen knew that, that humans like pictures, and they put them on surfaces. A couch is a surface, so naturally, a picture <laughs> must go there. And people like action like in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, so... He put the two together, and this is the scene. <laughs> and he probably thought he was being very clever. He did. Oh. I, I will say this: I was, <laughs> I was genuinely uncomfortable, and thought I was going to watch a Neil Breen rape scene. Like you can't handle a love scene. I can't imagine how you would make a rape scene even worse. It's effective. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the so the trench coat guy makes a drug deal, and then three businessmen. One with uh, I want to tell you guys, make it clear. One with a mustache. He's got a mustache. They're held up by a guy in a hoodie with a gun, and he takes him to the some junky house place and has them all chained up. And we find out it's uh, Kale, and he then he gives them uh, the typical Breen spiel about corruption, crimes, cheating, lying, injustices, blah blah blah. And he shoots one, and they all admit they're to their drugs, trafficking, assassinations, trading government secrets, blah blah. I'm an attorney. And I'm going to see that you are put in jail for the rest of your life. I don't give a shit. This is my form of justice. Oh! Oh! Oh, God! I knew this was going to come back to bite The stolen cars. Millions embezzled from charities. All the politicians we've been paying off. Oh! We've been paying politicians off for years. The illegal drugs. The illegal guns. The CEOs we had assassinated. Human trafficking. Oh, the insurance scams we run. Hell, we've even sold military secrets. Then Kale shoots the other two in the shoulder, and then they, like, they multiply. Right. Oh, you forgot they got covered with red Sharpie. And red Sharpie, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, the, the guy with the mustache. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's like he has a piece of tape with it drawn on him and put it with it drawn there and put on him because and then I found out I realized he had it because in the credits he played two different people in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he plays the one of the the we'll get to him later adjustment bureau guys that's sitting in a one of the weird oh. chairs. Mm-hmm. And okay, because because one of the corporate executives is also a detective later. No, that's the same mustache. Marty Dasis, it says in that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they are they are both okay, okay. Because that's the same mustache. I know that. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's this piece of tape. I mean, it looks like a clearly a piece of tape with like maybe hair on it. I can't tell. It could just be drawn. No, it is clear that Neil Breen's 
special effects makeup is the Halloween store. The spirit of Halloween. <laughs> That's where he gets all his supplies. The bargain section. <sighs> well, uh, as in the credits, uh, you know, uh, the makeup department was BNN Salon. Oh, oh, um, gosh. also Neil Brain. Yeah, we know what so. that means. Because it's so funny. I mean, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead to the credits, but like in it, he says, "You know, lightning, lighting by Lighting End Films, casting and entertainment, BB Location Management." Yeah. You know? <laughs> And at the end, he says, all corporations listed in the credits with an N or a B in their name <laughs> are property of Neil Breen, LLC. Yes. And <laughs> lighting by the switch. Yeah. So uh, Kate and his girlfriend <laughs> enter an elevator. And when it opens, we see that they were like making out. Like, I was just like, no, that wasn't happening. Because they're like, oh, ooh, look at us. <laughs> uh, so. The- <laughs> Outside, Kale shoots a couple guys on the steps and drops a syringe. Uh, Kale, and, Kale and his girlfriend go into the study room and hook up. A man who is credited in the credit or at the end in the credits as Detective. Yeah, yeah Detective <laughs> is investigating the outside murders on what he thinks is another clean scene, but he finds the needle. And then uh, Cade's boss says she's got intel on the big terror attack, and the cop is tipped off by a guy in the, a, I want to make it clear, mustache. <laughs> Doesn't he say something like it's another of those vigilante killings? Yes. Like over and yep. over. He says, like, yes. well, just another one of those vigilante Good killings. Good old vigilante like, killings. Wow, do these happen a lot around here? <laughs> University vigilantes all over the place. You live in Star City? What's going on? But, well, we know it's Nevada State College because of, well, obviously looking at it, it's a university. I think he's not playing it as a university. I think he's, like, playing it as, like, government office buildings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Totally. So, even though there's a study room six is one of yes. the... Right. Oh, God. Like computer lab. Right. Mm-hmm. Computer lab, and then the laboratory, which has classroom seats all over it. Oh, yeah, classroom seats, a periodic table. Actual scientists do not have a periodic table up on the wall. They they, they, they know what to do. They're fine. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, uh, Cade then brings his girlfriend to the restaurant that he says he's reserved the whole oh place for. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. We're like, we're like, this. no, no, this is not. The line, the line, man. Oh, my God. What? Uh, uh, let me see if I can remember. He says something like... I hear the food is spectacular. The service is impeccable. It's just friggin' invisible. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I watched it, I thought, what? What's happening? And the second time I watched it, I realized, oh, it's a joke. That was his attempt at a joke. <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly. Yep, mm. yeah. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like, no, uh, you, are, you aren't convincing anyone of this. And then, it's like, you guys' relationship is more believable than this. And the second time, I was like, oh, I think he's joking. Right. Yeah, oh. yeah. This is uh, his uh, rom-com right. part. Where he's trying to, yeah. <laughs> if he hadn't filmed the entire movie in the dystopian wasteland that is the local college, then I wouldn't have thought it was a... I would have thought he was serious. I would have realized it was a joke because we would have seen other people. But no, we don't see extras or anything like that in any scene ever in this movie. The only people you ever see in the movie are the ones giving lines or they're in stock footage. And that is it. Yep. I was waiting for somebody to come out and give him a menu or something. I'm just like, they says, oh, they're invisible. And I'm like, oh, Neil Breen, you did it again. (laughs) 
you sly dog. <laughs> you, f- you faked me out. Well, and he's he's there with his girlfriend, like you said, Brandon. He gives him the gift of the candle, which is more evidence that he's never been in a relationship with a woman because he thinks, hey, you know what's a great gift for a woman? A candle. And that's it. Yep. That's all they want. Candles. Can- candles, pillows, girly things. Potpourri. Yeah. You know. The bare minimum things. Like, hey, I found this gift for you at CVS. What do you think? <laughs> Kate goes by the building we saw the beginning, the one that I thought they blew the fuck up, but it's back up and running. And he runs into Kale, who has a beard. So he has a beard now. <laughs> I can hear the air quotes coming off of yes. that. Yeah. And uh, they have a conversation about how Kate is different now, as the shots may change, but the background never changes. <laughs> like, it's the same in a far in a medium shot as it is the close-ups. It's, it's hilarious. I, I miss my brother. And then Neil Breen's, like, <laughs> obsessed with the fact that he can make it look like he's putting his arm around himself. Like, how many right. times and- do we see this? And he doesn't even do that no. right. It's like, it's right. like off by like a, a bit, you know? by a significant amount, a bit. <laughs> yeah. of being generous. It's off by a foot, is what it is. Uh. And, when, and when you say beard, I want to make this one thousand percent clear. I want everyone at home right now. Close your eyes, even if you're driving. I don't care. It's for a good cause. Close your eyes, and I want you to think of the worst, fakest Halloween store beard you can think of. It's that. That. That is the mustache and beard. It's worse. It's worse. This is almost is like a plastic beard. It's a crepe paper beard. Yeah, yeah. That, and this was this was in a movie. A a yes. thing that was shot and distributed. It was shot with the intention of distribution, not ah, we'll just stick around and see what happens. No. This was made with the intent of other people to see it. And he said, Yes, that beard. That's what it look. That's what it, that's what it all look like. That's how facial hair grows. More evidence he doesn't know what people are. I told Colin I'm gonna start rocking the full beard, but not quite connected at the sideburns. Look. <laughs> nice. Not quite connected where they just where for it to be an actual beard, you have to, would have to intentionally take a razor and just shave a half inch. Like, ah, oh, it's enough. <laughs> that's, enough, that's enough shaving. I want a beard. Uh, I want a beard, and I want sideburns. I need but to I breathe. Don't want you know, to I need to breathe. Skin needs to breathe somewhere on the face. That's right. I just have this little patch of skin where I need to breathe. I mean, my skin needs to breathe. I'm an alien. <laughs> I'm not an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the indentations on the. <laughs> no. no. Oh. But I'm not an alien. We then see Cade staring at a mirror. And then the bearded Kale appears when Cade walks away. The reflecting Kale smashes the mirror. Symbolism. I don't know. Uh, Tip-off guy tips off some more. Uh, They got that mustache. Kale uh, then brings drugs to his girlfriend, and they both fight hitting each other uh, with and without sound effects. Well, what was great (laughs) was, so uh, Cade slaps his girlfriend, okay? He misses her by a mile. Great, fine. Oh, she yeah. reacts to it still, but they don't put the sound effect in. Okay, right, so yeah. the person editing had enough sense to not put the sound effect in. Like, okay, he clearly missed her. But the next time he hits her, they had that sound effect of him hitting her. Like, okay, yeah, great. Here's the thing. Why didn't you do another take? 
That could have been handled so easily. Well, I like how oh, both of them have relationships with women they fight, but one, it's a game. The other, it's a real fight. Again, has never had a relationship with a woman, so he doesn't understand how it works. The thing that killed me is, like, every time we saw Junkie Girlfriend, she was different. Yeah, she's Like, seen. the one scene, she's like, this isn't enough. These aren't enough drugs. Blah, 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 And she's, like, beating up on him. Then he's beating up on her, and... What the hell are you doing? Oh. I don't even want you anymore! All I want is the drugs and the money! Straighten up! <sighs> We're both fucked up! I don't care! I don't want you anymore! And then the next time they're together... Oh, I love you, blah, 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 and everything. It's just like back and forth. It's just like, I don't know. It's a dangerous relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, that's like the tip of the iceberg in this movie. Hey. Go ahead. There's a cop. The cop guy, he then like chases something down around a corner. I don't know why this was thrown in there, but sure. <laughs> Kale then visits the business guys and uh, tells them they have a long way to go. We then meet Coos. He's fondling his... Not even like not even a chalice full of big diamonds. It's just some container thing. Look like a cake, like a cake server. Yeah, that's yeah. What it look like or something like that, or chafing dish. It's like, it's like, all right, here's the design for coos. I want Elton John, but I want it to look like he has to shop at Goodwill in the dollar store. Go. <laughs> and then why did they have the t- the uh, to catch a predator voice module? Yeah, what was with? I'm Coos. Maybe you can see, I can see you're a very special player. And like when that was happening, I thought, so are you an alien or like modified in some way, or are you just like a bad man? What are you? Who are you? Why do you have a plate of fake gems? Why do you keep fondling it? Too? Yeah. Like, 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 okay, so I guess you're rich, I guess? Calm down. It's sworn intelligence. The ability to communicate telepathically. <laughs> why, do you have a, why do you have a woman in a bikini following you around with wings on and, and sparkles? Well. That's another thing. Yeah. In the credits, she is credited as Muse. So I believe this, mu- this movie is trying to say yes. With all the other crazy things that we're su- saying are possible, Muses also exist. Not only do muses exist, but they appear in front of alien mobsters. (laughs) (laughs) To inspire them to commit cyber crimes. (laughs) Makes as much sense as anything else in this movie. Sadly, the outfit of the not porn star that is dressed up as the muse is one of the more convincing outfits in the movie, sadly. It's a very good Halloween costume. It was funny, I was telling Colin, I'm like, you know what's crazy? This movie, this all makes sense to Neil Breen. Like, yeah. that's the craziest thing. Yeah. Like, he, he knows what's going on, and this all somehow, somewhat, this makes sense to him. It's so insane. If there were ever movies that needed director's commentary, it's these movies. So we could know what the oh, fuck yeah. he was thinking. Yeah. You know, because he... Like, how does he pitch <laughs> this to people? Like, the I people I, in this, what's he, how though, does he tell I don't, them? I don't really think it would help. Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I don't think it would really help. I'd at least like to try. I want to know. Like, I want to crack this code. I want to crack the brain code. Hopefully there won't be a bunch of albinos trying to murder me, but I think it's important to figure this out. Because, like, it, like it has to make sense to him, because otherwise he wouldn't release it, right? He wouldn't write it <laughs> and think, I did a good job, and then make the movie, and then release it to people. It must make sense to him. He must think it's a good movie. Why? Like, what I want to know, I it has to. I need to know. I need special edition commentary because either it will create 
a billion more baffling questions or it'll be like, oh, what? Neil Breen, the next time you raise money to make a movie, don't do it to make a movie. Raise money to make commentary for your movies. I will pay for that. I want to know why, how, huh? Those are my questions for Neil. I'd love to take a step back from what you're saying. The script. Can you imagine him pitching the script to the actors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, this is like, now, how does he pitch this? How does he tell them during now scenes you what's are, going on? You are a mastermind, an evil mastermind, who has a modulated voice and a muse. That's who this woman is here. I want you to fondle these gems and talk menacingly. Yeah. Okay? I bet there's a very real <laughs> chance that he doesn't give the entire script to the actors. He just gives them their part. He's like, well, you don't need to know what else is happening mm. in the script. You just need to know what your part is. So that's why everyone is so I like, so. I don't know what this is about. So lines? I, I bet that's why everyone acts like that in every scene they're in. Dudes, I bet that's why. Oh. <laughs> that would make sense. You've given them an out. Cade tells of Kuz's plans to do some cyber stuff while showing us water and gas lines in factories. And uh, Cade is given his cover from his boss. Kuz, we then see, has a deep voice, as we mentioned. Cade arrives at his house, and he Kuz is sitting by his pool when the uh, fairy, the muse, appears. And then Cade greets him. Kuz then takes Cade inside and shows him this special artwork uh, with the muse, and it's uh, it's a frame that you push a button and uh, a picture shows up of a face, and then stops. I don't know what it has to do with anything <laughs> the rest of this movie because it's the only time we see anything to do with no. it. But this this more was more pictures. This was uh, we've mentioned uh, before uh, after we watched the movie that every movie that Neil does. Like, like uh, Pass Through, that was his movie where he got a drone. Great. Right. Uh, this one, it was where he learned how to use After Effects. So that's why we got like right. the, the picture and you know all the other graphics and all that. All those explosions, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was one of them where he learned how to replicate pictures, and I'm trying to remember what that is now. I can't remember which one it was. But like each one, he makes a technological advancement, and he's like, all right, now I'll make a movie around it. And this is the After Effects movie for Neil. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. He asks Coos uh, what his global plan is, and then he, then he leaves. I wonder whose mansion he rented for these scenes, because... This isn't the Breen house, it, I don't think. No, it's definitely not the Breen house. It's, I don't think it's on campus, either. And I think they probably shot it all in one night, because, again, more night scenes. Neil did say they did shoot in L.A. Maybe that's where he <laughs> shot, inside people's homes. He rented out... Maybe he did that. I don't know. Maybe. He certainly didn't film any exteriors in LA. The only things he, the only places he could have filmed in LA are these homes <gasps> or green screen, and that's Wait, it. That's why Coos changes actors later. He lives in LA. Uh, and yeah. Then go to Vegas. Because we do see Coos later, and it's a different person. And that time, it's clearly back on the campus, right? Right. It's in one of the college buildings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, every yeah. other time we see Coos, with the special, yeah, so. it's either in his home or like by his pool. Mm -hmm. You're right. Here's here's something I want you to explain to me. What is with the little three cat statues? They move. It's weird. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They move like it's like a little stop motion thing, and I was wondering what the hell is going on with this. Can't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a. Well, I'm not surprised. It's just a brain thing where there's some kind of supernatural thing that just kind of happens. You're like, wait, what? What? Why did that happen? Like, can I think what in Fateful Findings? There's like that mushroom that appears and disappears. They get like the magical stone oh, right. from you. Like, wait, what? 
There's the, there's the fart, the green fart gas that rolls by once in a while. Yeah, it's just one of those things, some kind of weird, vague spiritual thing that happens. Like, wait, what was that? And it's never explained or resolved. Kale and his girl sort out pills. Kate tells his girl how much she means to him, and she says she can't imagine ever living without him. Kale and his girl have wine and do lines of coke then, afterwards. Two for me. Two for you. Two for you. You are so incredibly brilliant. You mean the world to me. I can't imagine ever living without you. Kale, I'm so content now. Me too, babe. Coos talks on phones as his cat toys move, as Jim mentioned earlier. Kate and Kale meet up and uh, shout at each other. Kate then goes into the... <laughs> Center of the operation, our men who we've realized are now Homeland Security because they've got <laughs> gas masks on, are in there. Uh, they guard it. They're hanging. They're hanging out in the student union. Yes. Yeah. You know. That's absolutely what they're doing. Kate is trying to stop the planned cyber war. He wanders through a computer lab. Clearly, computer Mark's lab. computer lab six. Right. As he walks. In. And then Kale spies on Kate's girl from afar. Kate wanders the campus. As we hear a group argue over this planned attack, he enters a different building, and there are more armed men with gas masks inside. Kate is convinced he can do it on his own with his powers, and they super jump to the second floor. The Homeland Security guys give chase. Kate wanders through a lab, which is a classroom. Who knows what the hell he's looking at or for in here, but he does find some H2O. And he also finds programmable matter. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. programmable yeah. matter. And he says it like that programmable matter. He picks it up and then puts it back down. Like, right. What, what was that? A Why? Why was that in your movie? Because something in this contract said you had to leave everything the way it was. Right. Yep. <laughs> they just don't, <laughs> they just don't film it, Neil. <laughs> Save us some time. Turn the lights on. Don't turn the lights on. Leave everything as it is. Use those 10 precious seconds to give us plots. Creepy grandpa, you can film your little movie here. These adjustment bureau-looking guys with VR on leave the computer lab, but Kate stumbles upon them sitting in a line motionless. Cruz, now played by a new actor, sits in a circle with these adjustment bureau guys. He tells Kate, I'm in control of all ever-intelligent. I'm in control. You're not in control. We are not going to let you take control. Then they disappear, and Cade runs out. Kale then shoots the business guys on the leg and tells them they'll be dead soon. Those are the guys who look like the specials, the adjustment yes. guys. Mm -hmm. They all have the, the pork pie hats and the buy and the black specs on the black suits. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm glad this I'm glad the specials are getting work after all this time. Yeah. <laughs> in Neil Breen movies. Uh, <laughs> Kale then gets in a fight with his girlfriend, they decide they're over with. The trench coat man then enters room twenty three, which has Kale's girlfriend in it with a rose. It <laughs> enters and then she tells him to come in, and then we get stock footage of a topless woman in lingerie walking a hall, and then the trench coat guy leaves a rose by a bike rack. The one she was holding. Because, you know. I would love to know what any of that meant. Do, do you, yeah, do either of you have any idea of what that is at all? I think it I think it means Kale's girlfriend's dead. I think that's what I got from that. Is, is that, I don't know, like, I didn't know if it was reality. I didn't know if it was fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole thing's like lit it's super programmable red, virtual yeah. reality. Or maybe, oh, that, maybe that's what it was. The corrupt kind. The, the vision. Yeah, the vision was the vision of it was like red and weird. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what 
what that was. I, I can't say it didn't further the plot because there isn't one. So it didn't slow the movie down. It didn't speed it up either. It just right. it was another thing that happened. Cade then enters the cruise facility and just starts blowing things up and super jumping to end <laughs> the global plans. And Cruz right. is unhappy at home. So like, yeah, this is just a bunch of Neil Breed using his explosion double clicks on certain points of a stock footage picture of factories and uh, him super jumping through it. And with Cruz, he has those two gas masks on his table. Yeah. Right. So he's, he's in with Homeland Security. So he's so. blowing this place up. Is this supposed to be like, okay, is this a, cr- a pl- place that Cruz owns or is this like, like a water treatment plant? Because if it's one thing, it's one thing. If, if, if a place that Cruz owns, okay, great. But it looks like it's just like a, like a right. water treatment plant that he's just blowing up, which makes him look like a terrorist. And he also the the part where he's like walking from like when he's not outside when he's under in some basement, it just looks like the steam tunnels of Nevada State University mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Like when he's blowing all that up, I'm like, oh no, they're not going to have heat. Oh wait, it's Nevada. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like when he's blowing that up, like is this going to like be a detriment to the public health or not? I don't, are you the hero now? What's happening, movie? <laughs> you say that a lot in this. Right. What's happening, movie? What's happening? <laughs> Cade waits at a boardroom table and remembers the beach with his brother and petting the eagle stump from earlier. He says, hello, friend. Thank you for giving me a peace of mind. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> he's part Beastmaster? Is that what we're understand, too? Yes. Yes, that's a, that's it. He's got two ferrets in his jacket at all times. Dr. Breen Little. <laughs> Kale sits out like a homeless guy as Cade says, I hope he's well. Cade and his girl have some wine by the fireplace, and she's asking him about the secrets at his work, and he says he can't talk about his work, but he trusts her completely. Then why don't you tell her about your secrets at work? Just saying. Fills his wine. They kiss in bed. Uh, we have the topless laying on the stomach thing that was uh, made popular in Fateful Findings. <laughs> uh, the girl ha- is topless, but she's laying on her stomach. So If I never see Neil Breen topless again, it'll be too right. soon. <laughs> but even the guys in that movie would lay down that way, where they would just, like, everyone was topless, mm-hmm. just laying face down in bed with their arms right. up. It happens so again. Bizarre. Yeah. Again, uh, b- again. That's how humans sleep. <laughs> yes. Now we rest for human time for tomorrow. A hand goes by the window, and Kay wakes up and freaks like the fuck out, <laughs> and then he goes back to bed. Who's there? Who's there? I know somebody's there. Who are you? What do you want? Who's there? Right, nothing comes of it at all. <laughs> I know someone's there. I hear you. I hear someone's there. Who's there? And like, then nothing. And his happens. girlfriend sleeps through the whole thing. Yeah. Like right. motionless. And he's totally screaming. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really impressed that she can sleep through the crazy, intense music that plays when that yeah. hand shadow comes <laughs> over. Oh man, that's something we haven't mentioned in this movie. That that song, that sound, ha- is almost the exclusive song in this movie. That build up, and then there's that dead silence, and then that sudden boom, and it it is literally, I think it might be the only music in this movie. Well, there's like some weird ambient stuff at the beginning. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's ambient stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, like, just the bulk of this movie is just that, that (laughs) The homeless guy from earlier is doing whatever and then the trench coat guy comes up and stabs him in the leg which he clearly has like a yeah, piece of wood he, in his leg 
Was he like was he like packing a crack pipe or <laughs> making a martini? I couldn't even tell. I like watched it a couple of times. Yeah. It's like a jar of something, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Here's what he was doing. He was feeding the world's fakest fake rats that were sitting next to him. Oh, okay. When we saw him... I didn't, I didn't get yeah, that we, at when all. When we saw him earlier, like there was those two like black lumps sitting next to him. Those are fake rats that you buy at a Halloween store. Oh. This time, they were sitting on the other side of him. He had like a bag of potato chips, I think, that he was crumbling up and feeding to the fake... Fake, 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 fake rats. So they were—they were, they were fake. not a real rats. <laughs> and when he gets stabbed, he like gets stabbed in the leg. There's no blood. There's no reaction. It's not like even the homeless guy going, oh, you can, or moving at all or flinching. You can just, clearly see uh, the outline of the fake, like the foam or whatever, is under his mm-hmm, jeans that mm-hmm. he stabs it into. It's shockingly yep. bad. And, I, and I'm gonna say like it's not just like like a block. It's like oh, it's kind of contoured to the leg, whatever. No, it's a flat square two by four thickness of something underneath his jeans. Again, <laughs> N- Neil, you saw your movie. You said yes. I'll release this. A woman then propositions Cade on the street, thinking he's Kale. And she says she used to live with him. Blah, blah, blah. I've never had a beard. I've never had a beard. I've never had a beard. Hey, baby. You want a party? No, thanks. I have a girlfriend. Hey, look at this. Hey, what? What the fuck? You shaved. What the fuck is going on here? Damn it. I never had a beard. What? What are you talking about? I've never had a beard. Do you know Kale? What? You look just like That's somebody That's my twin I used to brother. Know. What is going on here? I lived with Kale. I used to live with him. Did he hurt you? Kate then gives her money to help her out, and is his girlfriend witnesses this? Kale ponders how much he misses Cade while the tortured businessmen are in the background. They I miss my brother. <laughs> they then try to shout at each other, like, what's happened to us? Cade's <laughs> uh, K- girl then makes some deal with a business guy. Cade accosts the guy about like following him when Cade's clearly following this guy, and he shouts that he betrayed us. Cade's uh, boss calls, lets him know his girlfriend was one of them, and he drops to his knees. And then he catches her making a deal with some guy in a leather jacket and hat. Right now, folks, what we're saying this doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense when we watched it either. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. Like you, uh, you betrayed us. Who? Like, oh, no, I think he meant like, I think Neil, when he says you betrayed us, I think he's talking about like whatever organization he works for. Is that right? I guess. And he's not even standing far away. He's like one step away from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's like him, and he's looking down on like the disabled ramp for the stairs that he's standing yeah. at the top of. It's like he's right there. He could have reached out and touched your shoulder or something. I'm like, yeah, like like Neil, you're clearly visible. <laughs> Cade returns to one of the buildings from earlier in the movie. He uh, avoids all sorts of shooting from the guys in masks as he super jumps. He says, this is the end of you, Cruz, and your empire. I'm ending this. Justice is served. And he blows up the lab from earlier and the computer lab. And then the whole damn building. Because while no laptops were harmed in this movie, he blows up a whole lab of computers. He after fixed the hell out of those computers. Oh, yeah. Take that, Bill Gates. 
In this random home theater room that I'm guessing is at Coos' oh, yeah. house, the muse watches some of the movie pass through, Neil Breen's previous movie, <laughs> and then disappears, leaving only her shoes. And I noticed on the wall there's a poster for Ultraviolet starring <laughs> Bila Jovovich and Shark Tale. Uh, and I think there was like a Marx Brothers painting right on the wall yeah. as well. Like a, a Hirschfeld, I think. Well, was it? Yeah. Like it's a home theater room where you're like, Ultraviolet? Like. <laughs> And her shoes are like these weird, like spiky, high heel, silver slippers. Hot topic. Bargain section. And that ultraviolet poster, it wasn't just that. It was one that you would plug in so it would make like a light. It was like like a light box. Yeah, it was a light box. Yeah, so it was was an extra level of, wait, who likes ultraviolet that much that they would get that and put it in their house? I just want to know, has Neil Breen seen ultraviolet? (laughs) Maybe the house he rented was the guy who produced them. Oh yeah, maybe. I guess because like even if I were to get that as a gift, and to like I don't, what am I gonna? No, I don't want where, this. Where do I put this? <laughs> like, like I like Mila Jovich, but I'm not making a shrine. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. even gonna go through the effort of trying to sell this. I don't even know what this is. Just gonna collect <laughs> dust in my house. Can I just trade this in for a Fifth Element poster? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coos attempts to make a break for it, apparently. And then Cade comes home, has some nice memories of his girl. She pulls a gun on him, and then he pulls one on her, and they shoot each other. And she tells him it was only business. And then he embraces her, and then he leaves. They're, like, so close to each other with these guys, Oh, yeah. Mm. They're, like, like, there's point blank, and then there's this. Yeah. Cade then cries and says he's sorry about Kale. Cade's boss talks to someone on the phone how she's sorry for him because she's was the she was one of them cops then bust Kale's hideout the business dudes then multiply again and he says justice is served and he pulls his hoodie up and wanders off the streets and then we see Kuz's bloody hand grab the diamonds but I'm willing to bet that's Neil Breen's hand oh yeah Cade stares at the CG face thing from earlier in the movie he wanders toward the purple woods his girlfriend then appears and they hug and wander on, stopping to hold hands, and then they fade apart, and she tells him, Cade, I will love you for all eternity. And then she disappears, and then Cade wanders into the purple the oblivion as he says, We live for something bigger than ourselves. I am here. And then there's that light burst with that sound Cullen talked about. The CGI face is there. And then Cade wanders towards us from the purple and tells us, I accept my loss, regrettably. I have much more important things to do to save humanity. We will live in a virtual metaverse, a virtual universe, living in our own world every day. Everyone has the right to be loved. Everyone has the right to love and peace. I'll be right here. And then the world turns, like the actual earth, you see it turning, and we fade to black, and we get the message that Cade Altair will return. James Bond style, yes. yeah, at the end. And if, I was like, no, please, <laughs> if, no. You, <laughs> if you stay to the end of the credits, we get Cade and Kale on the same screen again, just that same shit that he was showing earlier, because he was really proud of that. And that's a twisted pair. <laughs> oh, my God. Which apparently is set up for a sequel. I didn't know that we were watching a cliffhanger, but we were, apparently. How, um, uh, 
how do you... How can you tell? <laughs> how, do you, how do you leave people with questions when you started out just with questions? Right, exactly. <laughs> Here's a question. How did Coos die? Like, why was his hand all bloody? Was he in that explosion? We never saw it. Like, was that his place that he blew up? What, what the... F was he dead, or did he just get they done, him, like... They made him watch pass-through, and his brain exploded. <laughs> That's what it was, yes. It's like, you know what? If being alive can produce this, I don't know if I want to be a part of it anymore. Goodbye. Wait! Was the trench coat guy, the main character from pass-through, come back, and that was our clue? Oh, Teal. Yeah. Was that, was that it? Sure. No? Yes. I don't know. Uh, it makes as much sense as anything else. We live in a virtual universe, so it could be true. Who knows? Programmable matter. <laughs> programmable DNA. DNA. Programmable DNA. AI. So, where do you, where do you guys hold Twisted Pair up with the uh, other four films? That <laughs> four, five. Oh my God. This guy has made five films now. Where where's this one go with the other ones? I I thought it was personally. I I'll, I thought it was a step up from Pass Through, the last one. Yes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I still think that like the ultimate in is fateful findings, and the ultimate brain is probably double down. Right. Mm, I could see that. I say, I, I agree with what you what you say, Brandon. I think this is probably his third most entertaining film. Mm -hmm. If I wanted somebody to, if I wanted to introduce somebody to the world of Breen, I'd probably direct them toward fateful findings yeah. or double down. And then maybe move them on. Yeah, this to is like yeah. a reward for having been a Breen fan. This is this is kind of what this is like. Because if you don't know the Breen before this, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd still be that crazy what the fuck enjoyable. But there's an added level to having gone through this journey and having this one. <laughs> right. You know. And plus the other one, the other ones kind of steal you for what you should expect. Right. Right. You know. I think I think Pass Through can work as a first Breen film if you haven't seen the others. But that one ends up being just like. Okay, we've we've seen this before, deal. But I, yeah, like no, I, I, I'd much rather watch I Am Here Now than Pass Through. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the odd number Breens are turning out to be the better ones. One, three, and five here. So he's a reverse Star Trek, is what you're saying? <laughs> it's like comparing, you know, like pig manure to horse manure or dog manure. <laughs> it's like they're all they're all manure. <laughs> the one has that special Which that you... special sweetness that you all crave. It's it's definitely a Breen movie. It's about it's definitely probably the Breeniest of the Breen movies. You I get would say. two Breens for the price of one. It makes a significant step in the right direction by not being constantly in the desert. So congratulations. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, new settings, new time of day. All of the was... all of the computers were not broken. Laptops. All of the cell phones appeared to work. He didn't have to. He didn't use any direct TV dishes this time. No. These are yours, bitch. That's not enough. I need more than that. We're done. I'm done with you. We're done. We're done. We're done. I'm done with you. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in the cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Uh, the ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means no Homeland Security for you. You're, you're kale, powerless, don't care. You're fine. You don't need to be with your powers again. Converted, which means uh, you're like... You know, Neil's, Neil Breen's girlfriend, you're on board so far, but you want the secrets. You're still good, uh, but you're solid. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you are all in with the Coos Man, down with uh, cyber corruption, virtual terrorism, whatever the hell is going on. I don't know. But, uh, Jim, how do you rate Twisted Pear? 
I have to say I am in, I am drinking the AI Kool-Aid. I have used I am into programmable matter and uh, programmable virtual reality. I think we'll all be telepathic. I love a really great bad movie. Uh, you know, The Room, The Ed Wood Catalog, Coffin Joe, all that good stuff. So this is right there with that. And I was laughing out loud through this entire movie just through from incredulity and just like total WTFness. And it was just, I found it incredibly entertaining on that level. Dumbfounded. Is, is a good adjective to explain how I feel when I watch a Neil Breen movie. Just unbelieving uh, of, of what I'm looking at. And I don't get that from a lot of movies. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I definitely am in the Kool-Aid category, I guess. Colin. From the moment this movie started, my eyes were wide and my jaw was open. And that's not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. As the movie progressed, I, I did get closer and closer to the screen and that it only happens with Fateful Findings and Double Down. So it's that level of what the hell am I watching? It is interesting that he does kind of grow as a filmmaker. There were a couple of shots in here that were like, <laughs> like whether on purpose or on accident, looked kind of nice. But you know what? It's because the other person was running the camera, I think. Because there's only two people that run the camera. Neil and John Mestria Giacomo. I, I don't know anything more than his name, but he's involved in these movies. I will say that if you want a, a, a very good, bad movie that makes your brain hurt, this is in that category. So I, this is definitely programmable Kool-Aid. I'm in. I, I drink the Kool-Aid on this movie 100%. Just really quickly, John Master G. Uh-huh. Como, can you imagine what a resume builder this is for him? <laughs> <laughs> Cameraman on, let's see, uh, Twisted Pair. Get out. <laughs> Brendan, how do you rate Twisted Pair? I'm going to three for three it with the Kool-Aid. Uh, Neil Breen has bounced back after pass-through with another diabolically what-the-fuck movie, and I love it. I watched this twice and was probably equally entertained both times. And I knew it was coming stuff. It's just, it's so baffling. It's so damn entertaining because of this baffling-ness that you just, you can't believe someone competently makes these these choices because he is the real deal. He's not, I, I believe Tommy Wiseau genuinely made The Room, but anything that Tommy Wiseau makes post The Room, he's making tongue-in-cheek because he knows what people are expecting out of him. Ditto Bird, right. Birdemic 2, a lot of the things where they find out. He's not giving himself the opportunity to discover that, and he's not, about that and he probably gets angry if people hear stuff like this but keep being you neil because i don't want you i don't want you tainted i want more of this i hope he makes more films it's completely it's like nothing he's ever done before and like everything he's done before so you're going you're all set it does live up to the double down faithful findings bar set it's in the tops and please more please more Oh, Neil Breen, somebody fund his films, please, because, oh, these are so, these, if we can get one every, like, two years, I'd be, I'd be grateful, but who knows? Yeah, it's like, you know, people aspire to make, you know, a bad movie, but again, you like you said, it's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. This is like, this is so, has such a sincerity mm-hmm. to it that just really, like, puts it over the top for me, over, like, like you said, a YSO or somebody, you know, just like, they really tried their best. He really tried his best. This is the best he can yeah. do. Yeah. Like he's very, I mean, he, yeah, he's learning things and then not waiting to show them off until he's mastered them. <laughs> you know, like he's, he, <laughs> he, he should learn and master. 
He thinks it's fine to throw this. He thinks it's probably thinks it's convincing to throw this stock footage of police cars in five times in the movie. The same stock footage, and sure, and police tape that immediately shows up everywhere. It's amazing. Like there's nothing like it. And if you like bad movies and you've never heard of Neil Breen, you never tried. You are missing out. This is the this is the best it gets. Really, this filmmaker. Like is this is. This is what you want, bar none. Some people can barely even make the, can never make this type of thing once. He's done it like five times now. So, yeah. Well, wasn't there like an Indiegogo campaign for this one? I think? yeah, he did raise funds, but he said he was going to make it anyway. Oh, okay. That's what he's been. I think he did it for Pass Through as well. That was a funny one, but he always says this is just for you know to enhance the movie that's getting made. But I, it will get funded. It will get made regardless of hitting goals. He's got money somewhere. Money laundering. <laughs> and Neil Breen, get, call us back. We want to talk to you so badly. Oh my goodness. We want to. Oh my gosh. I want. I want to just. I have questions. I have. I want to just hear him speak. I wanted to hear him. I want to just hear him speak on film in general. I want to know what films Neil Breen likes. I want to know which ones inspire him. I want to know if he's done nods to films that he knows they are, but I have no idea that he's referencing other films, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to know these things. I want to hear Neil Breen talk about film. He has to be a fan of film to want to make these, I guess, but he has to be right. completely unobservant to what film is. He's a rare film fan to take absolutely no observation of what makes films good. Well, I'm sure the cinema scene on Arctura 7 is different than it is here on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we head out, I, I sort of ask if you guys noticed this. We got the, the business executives all tied up. Okay, great. The guy on the far left, did it look like he was always getting blown? It looked like he... <laughs> had this look of, of, oh, of his like ultimate pleasure on his face at all times. Like, just at any second, like it's good that that tarp was there because he was about done. Anytime he was shot or any reaction was just a look on his face of, ah, oh, every time. I totally missed that. I'm telling you, the next time you watch it, and I know you're going to watch it, look <laughs> at the guy on the far left. Almost every time he okay. is on you just see him in the background on camera. It's just a, a look on his face of it's Gallagher time. <laughs> Hello, is this one nine seven six psych? I was in the dark until I called one nine seven six psych. Now I know my past, present, and my future. You can too. Call one nine seven six psych. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Never Too Young to Die from 1986, starring John Stamos. I want to thank all of you, every one of you, whether you've listened to one episode or all 100 of them or more than that, because we know we have done more than 100 episodes, but this is the numbered one hitting 100. Sincerely, thank you. We hope you enjoy our little special on that. Um, But before that, we just want to say thanks. It's a long ride getting to 100. A lot of podcasts do it in less time, but we're bi-weekly. We're doing it like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. A lot of people get to 100 episodes before they're what ninth season but yes 
But it's the quality that matters over the quantity. And it's on a regular schedule, so get off our dicks, I guess is what I'm saying. And also, thanks to Jim Dietz for coming on once again. And for every time he's come on, he's always game. He always is great to have on here, Jim, and uh, appreciate you uh, talking Neil Breen, of all things. Hey, well, it's always a pleasure to join you guys, uh, such connoisseurs of films like this and uh, Wacko and Dune and some of the other ones. I've been oh, on yeah, for, you're on so. a Dune. That Dune oh. episode is talked about all the time. Well, I guess we call that a classic. I, I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so What's much. What's going on at HHWLOD? Well, we got the Walking Dead TV podcast there. Uh, you can catch me at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com on a weekly basis on uh, Nothing's On with uh, myself and Daryl Taylor and Donnie Salvo. We cover uh, everything that's going on in movie and TV news. And then also uh, on a weekly basis at oldmagicgaming.com, uh, we have a D&D podcast. Uh, we take our, our D&D game, add sound effects, uh, background music, kind of turn it into more of a radio play, and we put that up every Friday at oldmagicgaming.com. All right, excellent. Thank you. And we look forward to next time, as always. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Never Too Young to Die, the trailer that actually trails. The new American hero. John Stamos is Stargrove. Stargrove! Vanity is Donja. Gene Simmons is Ragnar. Yeah! Never Too Young to Die, rated R. for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I am Brandon, and as always with me is your co-host, Cullen. Hello, Internet. Welcome to episode one, featuring a discussion of the 1988 film, The Wizard of Speed and Time. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie potty... Ah, Redo. Welcome to episode one, featuring a discussion of the 1988 film, The Wizard of Speed and Time. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds Cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered, but not limited, to be being a cult classic. We're here to discuss the weird, the outrageous, the awesome, the B-movies and Z-movies, the Black Sheep sequels, and ones that few remember. As a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. At the end of each episode, we'll announce the film chosen to be the topic of discussion in the next episode. We'll also share where you can find it if you're interested in viewing before the episode drops. So, Colin, here we are. Cult Cinema Cavalcade. uh, Something we've been talking about for over a year. And now we're finally on it. uh, The rubber's finally hit the road. Finally. It uh, took us a while to just, you know, we discussed, discussed. I had a child in the middle of of that. Um, (laughs) I got... I got married during it. He got married yes. during it. Um, a lot happened, but we were always wanting to do this, talking about it. 
we came up with a giant movie list, but we just yeah, <laughs> never sat down to talk about all these movies because Colin and I, our history together has always been about watching crazy movies that we find at a video store. <laughs> Sorry. No? Okay. Sorry. No, no. No, you're right. Uh, right. Um, uh, that's right. I, I, one of my fondest memories is when we rented Orgy of the Dead. Uh, we rented it from Blockbuster, and our friend was working there. I was doing a report on Ed Wood, and he produced uh, Orgy of the Dead. And I couldn't believe we actually found it in a video store. A Blockbuster. We, no. A Blockbuster, yeah. We, so we rented it, and our friend behind the counter said, Okay, we'll enjoy Orgy of the Dead! And uh, everyone in the store could hear it, and, well, we all had a good laugh. And if you would have yelled the other one out, it would have been, And three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Those are the kind of double features we'd have. <laughs> yes. Two movies that have nothing in common other than they are in color. And that's really about it. 